0: It is time to tune up the band, and somebody's gonna get their ass kicked, somebody's gonna get the wig split, beat them up, beat them up, beat them up, ne- So I'm, I'm not gonna do the whole thing, I swear, <laughs> we're in another episode of the Sweet Chinwag Podcast, I am Sam, alongside Dan and Rian, and as we continue our journey through the wacky world of professional wrestling, I see that you're just in stunned silence there, gentlemen, I don't blame you, how That's are you one guys to this put afternoon? It. I'm sorry, sorry, Reardon. (laughs) (sighs) You have to admit, though, that's probably one of the best entrance themes of all time.
1: We'll get... I'm going to get to that point. Oh, yeah. I'm not starting this now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Bruce, six, buff, All right, no, no, I'll stop it. Now, how are you guys doing this (laughs) today? Uh,
2: I have come back from it is officially birthday season it's birthday season has begun for me Woo! meaning i am going to get ooh, ooh, in- ooh, 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 ooh. meaning i am going to get increasingly hungover as time goes on let's go <laughs> again also <laughs> <laughs> but other than that i am perfectly fine
1: <laughs> oh how are you dan i'm all right i lived i'm no longer ill hey i survived hey. <laughs> i'm 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 alive and kicking
0: <laughs> somewhat kicking as for me yeah somewhat it's been a really weird week of change going from one thing to the other working here and there um doing okay i i guess it's i guess it's the is the main thing i'm doing okay which is better than nothing i guess <laughs> but yes we continue on with our journey through Black History Month, chronicling the best in professional wrestling history. But, as always, we give you this podcast thanks to those lovely people over at SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and forever pending other platforms.
2: We at the Sweet Chin Wag Podcast are the world's strongest podcast because we are always pending and always will be. Cause that's just what we do! That's just what we do! Oh, that's right. That's <laughs> what we do. I've got to stop quoting Mark Henry.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get on to our episode all about sexual chocolate, Mark Henry, <laughs> it is time to
1: visit Dan for this week's wrestling news. Dun, 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 dun. down. Wrestling news. Okay. Let's talk about AEW oh no <laughs> and specifically none of that ratings talk because that's boring <laughs> what are you trying to tell I me do, i do not work for an advertiser so i do not care Don't we're talking a- about aew's announced partnership with cmll which is fucking awesome <laughs> i i it's about time i'm very much excited for this because i know they've had a very
0: fleeting relationship with tripler R. Uh, uh, but I know there's been a whole kind of like weird situation involving using Lucha talent in New Japan AEW shows. This is exciting because finally we're getting the partner of New, like the Mexican partner of New Japan, finally striking a deal with AEW, which can only mean we're going to get more Lucha action, which is never a bad thing at all.
1: No, never a bad thing. Never a bad thing at all. Instead, like more. Talent getting more exposure and more opportunities to build links between stuff. Seemingly, the the way things seem to be working is that AEW can use both CMLL and Triple R talent, but I I can't remember if it's specified if they. Someone was saying it's like they can't be on the same show or they can't be in the ring together. Yes. Yeah. Um... Something like that. Yeah. The whole. I was gonna say. The whole Lucha
0: landscape of being able, having shows together with some of those promotions is a whole episode in of itself, honestly. (laughs) But it was actually kind of um, celebrated, or I guess everyone was kind of united together with Mystico debuting in AEW, which I saw a lot of discourse about... Oh, look, it's Sin Cara, the guy that botched all the time at AEW. He doesn't deserve that spot, which clearly tells me. And I and I hinted at it uh, in our episode because, uh, remember, we were only talking about Sin Cara. But Mystico, I, clearly people haven't kept up with Mystico because that guy is well on his way of being an absolute legend in Mexico at this point. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that, that's 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 because people literally only see him as Sin Cara. Yes,
0: which is, by the yeah. way, everybody, why I specified we were doing a Sin Cara episode and not a Mystico episode. <laughs> which maybe we'll do sometime next year. Actually, really give Mystico his, his 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 um his his credit because uh yeah, Mystico's been on huge huge form. Like he is still. I can't believe I'm gonna say that. He is still. NWA World Historic Middleweight Champion and has been since 2018, and I think it's now mm-hmm. at nearly 1,900 days he's been champion. Yeah, but that—that's that, just that's just CMLL. <laughs> that's just that's just standard. I'm genuinely. Um... I think the exciting thing about this is we're going to be getting a lot more Lucha talent from CMLL coming over. So this is the
1: thing. CMLL has quietly been plugging away as possibly the best North American promotion.
0: Yeah. Like I'm genuinely looking forward to seeing like Gran Guerrero, Stigma, Titan. I'm really excited to see If Atlantis junior will make his way into uh, AEW or at least have a match at AEW. Um, I love uh, Atlantis Junior. Uh, Virus as well has been quietly making a claim as being one of the best
1: wrestlers of the year so far. Because well, this like, was the thing because I saw people saying about um, <clears throat> that obviously with with Danielson saying about he's wi- going to he start slowly winding down his career, and you know people saying about Virus Tetsuhiro versus Danielson stuff like that. Mm. So. The hope is there. The hope is
0: there. I I I love and appreciate the fact that Danielson has that love for Lucha Libre and never shies away from loving Lucha Libre.
1: But no, I mean it it it, it seems like obviously, I mean more talent coming in, whatever. Does this mean that we're also gonna get the <laughs> mini Estrellas?
0: Coming in. like the video Australia championship match. Oh my is god. In at Basically, I
1: obviously... think that would make I think that would make a large section of American wrestling fans implode.
0: I want to see God goddammit. <laughs>
1: um but no, it, it, it it's it's really cool. Obviously there's so many more cool people to go, there's much more exposure, um, as we were saying about before. Um does does this give us the possibility of an AEW Arena Mexico show? Maybe.
0: I, I hope it, it does. I honestly, I would love to see an AEW special from Arena Mexico. Can we,
1: you know, have like a, a special pay per view zero hour with just Lucha matches? That'd be awesome. I would love it. Like I mean, a little showcase kind of thing.
0: Even if they, if it's if if the only thing we even get is a special Dynamite episode that emanates from Arena Mexico. I love to do that because at the very least, if you do that, then you're giving people an in to Lucha Libre. the, pe- the uh, An audience that kind of dismisses it as nothing more than just tumbling, basically. Um, to which I say, guys, I mean, you really are missing out on the, the actual art form of Lucha Libre. You're missing the point of what Lucha Libre is if you think it's just fancy tumbling with guys in, 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 in masks. Mm-hmm i am very much excited for, the, for this uh, for this opportunity now for these two companies to come together um if you haven't already we've done an entire episode on the history of cmll i've we've talked about it at length we've got into like the political machinations of lucha libre in mexico with that and the long 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 history of that promotion <laughs>
2: It's a wild ride so please check that episode out okay. it's
0: i yeah, still thoroughly enjoyed uh, making that episode mostly because of just you, you guys just being just kind of having your minds blown a couple of times <laughs> 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 um but yeah really excited to see where it goes honestly and if it means we get more luchadors into aew dynamite awesome it just make, yeah, means that we get more people angry that Vikingo and uh, and more luchas are going to be doing going to be appearing on
1: Dynamite. Oh, that's I their that's, that's their loss. I don't care. Why they Consider the following: them? they're sad. <laughs> they do not know how to have fun. Let them know. Let them know. <laughs> they are they are absolute bitter drinkers. Ah, <laughs> oh, what else um, have we got, Dan? In much more sobering news, <laughs> <laughs> um, the trailer for the Iron Claw has been released by A twenty four. Obviously, uh, I believe announced for December twenty second, twenty third. Correct, uh, correct, the the twenty second. <clears throat> so um, go see your new favorite traumatizing Christmas film.
2: <laughs> you know. Uh... <clears throat> There's a there's a great story in my childhood about how my father who is a big fan of the Rocky movies decided to take me at that time, I'd want to say 11, maybe 12 years old, to see like a new boxing movie. Because, you know, he thought it'd be good. There wasn't any Rocky movies coming out at that time. So he thought it'd be a fun ride to just have like a nice little sports movie. The boxing movie he chose was Million Dollar Baby.
0: <laughs> I remember you telling me about this. It is
2: unfortunate. Un- which was an unfortunate choice. And I really, every time... Every time I see, like, comments saying, like, oh, this looks really cool. Maybe I'll take it for, like, see the... Like, maybe I'll take my kids to see it. It's wrestling. And every time I'm like, do we tell them? Do we
1: tell them? This is the the thing that I was saying, because a friend of mine was like, oh, hey, did you know, like, a new wrestling film's coming out? And I was like... (laughs) I was like... Oh, yeah, yeah, I know know there's, there's, like... One coming out and I just assumed he meant like there was a different one. <clears throat> and I was like, Oh yeah, yeah. Um well, what do you mean? He was like, Oh the iron claw, like we should go and see it. And I'm like, Don't <laughs> Don't Spare yourself. I was gonna say for a lot of
0: casual wrestling fads, they are going to be uh they are going to uh, have an experience. That's for sure. An experience quite like I imagine a lot of casual fans have when going to see well, the wrestler.
1: Well, <laughs> yeah. but, but, but like, but like, this is this is the thing I'm gonna say though, right? Because the the thing I'm interested in is how people who are not necessarily party to the story of the Von Ericks. Mm. Are gonna respond to it because I can almost see like a film critic looking at this and being like, "Well, it seems almost melodramatic the amount of traumatic things that happen." Yeah, without this I... being like, "No, this is all real."
2: This all happened to one family. I hear that <laughs> to they're quote, actually to quote wrestling parlance. This is in fact all shoot. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do think that they've even cut out. Like, I, I they don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mm. think they've. I think one. I don't know if for this for certain because I haven't seen the movie, but I've heard through the grapevine that they've actually cut out one of the Von Erich brothers. Yes,
0: I believe I, that is what I've heard as well. Um,
2: just because they were doing it and they like, there's no way people will believe this happened to all of them. Yeah. That's, there's no way in hell.
0: It's, it's, it's crazy. One thing I will give this uh, from what I've shown the trailer, it seems that they have been very very confident in actually showing the wrestling because i've seen a lot of film wrestling films that will use a lot of tight shots very long like close up uh shots and angle and low angles in order to kind of give the wrestling some oomph and punch what i like is they're confident enough to go no we're gonna go wide angle we're gonna show you that zach efron actually trained for this role um, but that,
1: but that, 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 I, I can appreciate from like an A twenty four production, especially given they had so many wrestlers on the cast, and I feel like you almost kind of you can't really avoid it.
2: Yeah, yes, because like, because like, mm-hmm. like
1: we mentioned, the wrestler that that film is as much a wrestling film as it is just a
2: character study. Yeah. Especially because I believe, uh, I believe Mickey Rourke had actually trained as a wrestler before getting into acting. I
1: but I, I was, I was going to say, e- even regardless of that, Mickey Rock was Mickey Rock would absolutely be like, "No, train me to do the wrestling anyway." No, it's, no yes. he absolutely would. He was that, trained by Alpha,
0: actually. Believe
1: it or not. Yeah. 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 So like that—that's—that's that's entirely part of the course. But I feel like in a film about the Von eriks I feel like the
2: the close up, the close and tight shots aren't really going to cut the cut the yeah. cheese, if you will. Yeah and like even setting all of that aside the movie looks really good. Yeah it looks absolutely fantastically shot. Yeah. Like yeah,
1: like we are good. we are we are in for another uh, like Aronofsky-esque wrestling film. I mean
0: yeah. it's t- a- typical of A24 to pick this story of all stories in the wrestling. <laughs> yeah <World>. it is <laughs> really oh, yeah, <laughs> but, like
1: it, it's 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 A24 bait almost. Yes
0: yeah. exactly. <laughs> oh but Talking about cast, right? I was always a little bit unsure of Zach being cast as Kevin, but seeing the trailer, I'm like, I give him credit for actually embodying Kevin Von Eric, and I guess embodying the life of a pro wrestler because dude got
1: big, and I'm talking, yeah. and I'm talking like Alistair very they, big. They were they were they were cutting they were cutting about with the with the uh, with the roid
2: stomach. <laughs> mm. It's ridiculous, but no, they—he looks. Everyone looks top in their game. I heard that. Like the one thing that actually kind of surprised me is that I heard that um that the the that the von Herrick family wasn't actually involved in this in the actual production. Not stuff. like,
1: not like directly. Yeah, um, yeah. I do know that Kevin. Was... They, I, they, they did, they did say that they, um, hmm. like screened certain things. I think it was Marshall and Ross. Yes. Mm. They like they like screen certain things by them. Yeah. Especially some of the like wrestling stuff. Mm. And apparently
0: Kevin was very flattered that Zach Efron was playing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean I would be
2: <laughs> Yeah I would absolutely would be. I've heard that like they weren't they which it surprised me but I but I heard that like members have said like yeah we do yeah we're we're actually quite excited to see it which is a... It's a crazy
0: thing oh, to which is, a, about, which which is
2: Which is an odd Which is an odd way of putting it, but yeah, fair enough. Like, all, uh-huh. all, you know, I'm not going to ding them for it. It's just kind of a, oh yes, I can't wait to see the saga of our family's absolute decimation.
1: So I'm guessing
0: we're all going to go see this come Christmas time though. But...
1: Yeah we oh, are yeah, but absolutely. we're all gonna we're all gonna we're all gonna leave crying into an empty cup of tango ice Blast. Yeah it's gonna be it's <laughs> gonna
2: be rough.
0: Oh, we're gonna, gonna, we're be, gonna rough. be crying purple tears basically <laughs> Just right into our ice blasts everybody. Yeah I yeah. love that reference then <laughs> <That's> just... <laughs> Uh, but no, I'm. I am very much looking forward to it. I am. Uh, I'm. I'm looking forward to uh, to spotting one person in the crowd who h- does not know the story and watch their like five stages of grief happen as they're watching it. Yeah. Ah, uh, but I'm excited. As you said, production design is. I mean, from the trailer alone, the production design looks second to none, and that's probably the most impressive part about the whole thing. <laughs>
2: soundtrack's gonna be tight oh it's gonna be such
0: a good soundtrack (laughs) that's the thing (laughs) but yeah iron claw 22nd of december uh looking awesome uh is that all for the news then dan i think that's it very swift news let's head on over to recommendation corner reedan what have you got for us this week
2: Okay, guys, it is still, it is, of course, Black History Month, so I will be doing two as usual, both, like, a regular quote-unquote one and, and something that, you know, celebrates Black History. So, guys, how do you feel about Shakespeare?
1: I mean... It really depends. It depends
0: Fair. if you're talking talking about it in a school context <laughs> or or an out-of-school context. <laughs>
2: So uh, yeah, I was the I was one of those kids who loved Shakespeare. I was one of those kids, absolutely, who really enjoyed studying Shakespeare. And my favourite of Shakespeare's plays is Macbeth. Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna bother with the Scottish play stuff because, like, no, it, it's it's Macbeth.
1: It's
2: Macbeth. <laughs> I I will recall like they they, they there's like an animated version of some's description which they which they showed us at primary school which is like it's... i was like eight and it was it was bloody and quite gory but because it's culture it's fine it was one of those yeah yeah um i also i also had the absolute pleasure. Thanks to shout out to my great auntie who got me t- who got us tickets to go see the famous Patrick Stewart rendition mm-hmm. of Macbeth,
0: Rough.
2: and it was, it was it was as good as you'd think that would be. Ugh. But there is another one that is great that um the tragedy of Macbeth with Denzel motherfucker <laughs> Washington (laughs) as Macbeth. Hell yeah. It's it's exactly as great as you think that would be. Yes. It is is basically Denzel Washington in medieval training day. Ah, medieval Alonzo Harris. (laughs) And it's so good. It's so good. It's a combination of here is this great. One of our greatest living actors doing one of our greatest, like, parts. And also, having Denzel Washington slap a man in the face during the middle of a sword fight. (laughs) And he doesn't have a sword. (laughs) Like, it is incredible. It's incredible. And I will send you guys the clip for your viewing pleasure. Hell yeah. (laughs) But...
0: I forget that Denzel's going to be in the the sequel to Gladiator, isn't he? How?
2: God, I'm sorry. To... What? Yeah. There's oh, yeah. A...
0: That's, yeah. There's a second Gladiator coming out.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's a, that that passed me by. It passed everyone by. It is it is being made. I think it's the one after Napoleon, which that also looks good, but not privy to us. So. But yeah, please, please watch The Tragedy of My Life. Uh, My second recommendation, outside of Black History Month, is a book, Bad Gays, which basically talks about the worst gay and queer people in human history. Damn. Interesting. Yeah, because like that is um, the author of, uh, I want to say, Hugh Lemmy and Ben Miller the authors, um, make the point that if we want to have a more complete, um, view of queer history, we have to like, you know, a lot of them, like we have to, like, we talk about our heroes, but like gay people are human and a lot of humans are terrible. So let's talk about the terrible ones and how, and how their queerness affected their, affected the bad things that they did. Mm. So we have people like Frederick the Great. Um, you have James James the Sixth and First of, of England and Scotland. Do You have Ronnie Cray. Like, there are quite a few ones.
1: Yeah.
2: And it's a really interesting, fascinating book. So I do recommend that. Mm. Mm. I
0: remember that was only lightly okay. touched upon on the ledge in that film legend about the craze or if anything yeah but it was it's slightly implied,
2: implied, uh, it implied. Um, no actually that a uh, credit credit to the movie legend No, they they make it very explicit that mm. he is gay like they that like they like it is a part it's not like the full part of the story but mm. it is a part of the story that actually affects mm. the plot so like no he actually that no, they actually oh, they do no, not... yes
0: yes yeah they do kind yeah. of make it more explicit
2: yeah um yeah they do not they do not wash that away or like imply they they it's actually quite interesting how they do it yes yes
0: but uh yeah actually, i should might actually go f- f- have I have a look for that book because it does actually sound really interesting yeah. um but yes uh let us get on to our main portion of this episode it is time to talk about mark henry it's crazy that we haven't had actually had a full episode on Mark ever yet, fellas. Okay, so it.
1: I'm going to address this. But I'm going to address this point. Let's we didn't it. do an episode because of a clerical error where we all thought collectively that we had done an episode already. Hmm. Yeah. And I know that that sounds stupid, right? And it is because we have a whole we have a whole spreadsheet of every single episode that we've done. And we but we would. Yeah. But when we got to planning the episodes, we I, we said about it before, and we were like, no, we've already done that. Yes. And we just never we just never noticed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> it's crazy. It's genuinely crazy. What man? What can we say? I mean, what's what's to say about Mark Henry's career, life, and career? Um, something that I think does not, and, and until you actually have a proper look at Mark Henry's life and career, the more you realise this dude definitely has the right to claim himself as one of the world's strongest men.
2: Yeah, that that's no gimmick. <laughs> yeah, that is no gimmick. He is literally li- that's the first the first thing you have to note about about Mark Henry is that all of his feats are more than almost any other wrestler apart from a few, literal. He is literally been crowned the world's strongest man. <laughs>
1: I think that's one of those things as well where you know when people have the whole size discussion in wrestling? Mm. Yeah. Dudes like Mark Henry are my exception to that rule. Yes. Mm. Because it doesn't matter. Like you could have all this thing about like, oh yeah, like he's like 6'5 and he looks like really, really built. Dude's just a unit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's all you need.
0: all you need on top of that i say to, as well to people when mentioning mark henry on top of being so freaking strong do the dude understood how to play a character in wwe really well may i add as well because <laughs> the dude yes. was given we'll go on to it when he around the late 90s he was given chicken shit but was somehow able to double down and turn it into chicken salad. Much, I get, from what I've heard, much to the chagrin of a lot of creatives, uh, a lot of the people in creative at the time.
1: Yeah, but it's the problem of like, you give someone something and be like, oh yeah, cool, we'll be like lower mid card, and then people start liking it, and you're like, oh shit, what have I got to do now?
0: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so. Shall we go back to the beginning, which is always a good place to start with these retrospectives? It is. I'll never never stop saying that. Okay, It's a good bit. Mark Gerald Henry was born on June the 12th, 1971 in the small town of Silsby in East Texas, just 90 miles northeast of Houston. He was, as a child, a massive wrestling fan and cited Andre the Giant as his first Favorite wrestler. As a matter of fact, I have little fun stories. When Andre was in Texas at the time at a local promotion, he was—I uh, think it was yep. in Beaumont, very, very Texas. Good. Young Mark, a young Mark Henry, was right by ringside and tried to touch Andre he as he's making his way down the entrance aisle, but he accidentally tripped over over the barricade. But Andre, being the sweetheart he is, picked him up made sure he was all right and just lifted him back in back behind the barricade <laughs>
2: uh andre oh man so
0: life for Hentmark mark was not i was going to say was um had its um had its um ups and downs a lot of downs as well for for a for a, for a young Uh, for a young child as at 12 years old his father ended up passing away due to complications from diabetes and so had to along with his uh along with his family and his and his and his mum had to really work hard in order to be able to get through life and get through education and school they weren't poor rough but they knew that they had to work their butts off double yeah. because of what things, happened things were to tougher. Mm. Yeah. Uh, this comes as well as at fourteen, he was also diagnosed with dyslexia, so it was even it was triply tough for Mark mm. growing up in school, uh, uh, growing up in Texas, and and through school. But one thing that Mark had, as actually the Henry family had, is that he came from a family where all of the men were larger than average. Especially his great uncle, Chud Henry, who was six foot seven and weighed over five hundred
2: pounds. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Jesus. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, that's a man who gets called Chud Henry.
1: <laughs> like he's six, six, six seven, seven. Seven, 500 plus. Did how did that man move? Uh, he, he,
0: he, well, he, well, I say, you say that. Um, Chud Henry was never able to actually have a pair of shoes that fit him. And so most of the I'm time would surprised. walk barefoot around. But he was also known around the East Texas area as one of the strongest men in Texas.
2: <laughs> I mean, of course the man's built like the Hulk. Like, <laughs> legitimately built like the Hulk. Six, oh seven, my- seven five hundred
1: pounds plus pounds be the absolute craziest guard in basketball history
2: (laughs) (laughs) can you imagine him playing football (laughs) i was gonna
1: say why is why is he not on the (laughs) o-line he is is
2: the o-line he
1: is the o-line it's good you you line up in formation and there's just one linebacker who's six seven five hundred (laughs) plus
0: talking of football let's talk about mark henry's high school accomplishments he took part in powerlifting and football, where Henry did play football as a linebacker, I believe a linebacker, up to his senior year. I'm not surprised! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> so, he, he, he very much, he, he, of course, being a huge dude, a well, basically a brick shithouse, he was signed up for the football team, but he had much more of a passion and love for powerlifting. Um... To give you kind of some, some, some kind of uh, context, Mark Henry was already breaking records whilst he was in powerlifting in high school, but I'll get to that in a moment. Uh, unfortunately, Mark had to pull out of football, not only because of his love for powerlifting, but actually in the senior year, he strained ligaments in his wrists during the first game of the year. And, and unfortunately, during his SATs, was scoring below the average that, that needed to attend in order to be part of the football team. So he pulled out the football team and took the passion of powerlifting more seriously and doubled down on it, as well as being able to get better in his school grades. So let's talk a little bit more about his power and weightlifting career. To give you context, by the time he was in the fourth grade, he was already 5'5 five five and weighed 225 pounds.
1: Oh my god. Wait, wait, um, wait, wait, wait.
2: I sorry, wait. 4th grade. 4th grade is that's that's pre that's that's pre-high school, isn't it? Yeah, 4th grade. 4th grade is elementary. Yeah, yeah fourth grade is elementary school that's crazy fourth grade age is what is the fourth grade age yeah nine to ten years old what in the hell (laughs) five foot five ten year old is crazy a five or five ten year old he was almost as tall as i am at (laughs) ten years old Somebody was definitely going to get there. No, I'm not going to do it. No, i are
1: not going Oi. to do it. You, you, I mean, that, that, is, that is not someone to mess with when you're in school.
2: Yeah.
1: No, no you want to befriend that guy as quickly as possible. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: he was lifting weights by the time he was 10 years old. His mother actually saw that he was getting a lot more stronger and thought, you know what? Let's make him.
1: Let let us let's, let's let's build upon that, and I'll gift him some weights for for Christmas. What's, what's the what's the thing? Is the he said no. Let's make it bigger. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so as he gets into high school, in his freshman year at Silsby High School in Te- in East Texas, he was already able to squat two hundred and seventy kilograms. That's six hundred pounds. Oh my god! Which is well and a Above the school record at the time when he when he entered it. That's
1: crazy. He
0: was by the time he was 18 and a senior in high school, he was making headlines in newspaper publications across the country. As a matter of fact, the Los Angeles Times put a cover story on Mark, calling him the world's strongest teenager. He was making headlines, as I said, all above the country and made headlines in ni- in early 1990 for winning the National High School Powerlifting Championships and setting the teenage lifting record in the squat at 377 kilograms, which is 832 pounds, what and a total, a total of 2,033
1: pounds. That's a car. Yes. Bear in mind that's a uh, that just like as a point of perspective here. This is a teenager. Yes. <laughs> you know when we talk about genetic freak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's genetic freak shit. <laughs> By That's the... unreal.
0: By the time he finished high school, he was already a three-time Texas state champion with state and national records in all four powerlifting categories. So, the squat at 832 pounds, the bench press at 238 kilograms or 525 pounds, the deadlift at 370 kilograms, or 815 pounds. And you put all that together, that comes up to the total, of course, of 2,033 pounds. It was during his time, during the t- powerlifting championships in the Texas High School Powerlifting Championships, that he took, that garnered the attention of one Terry Todd, who I believe was a professor of Keenis, uh how do you pronounce it? Kenis, uh, Kenis. Uh, kinesiology is that how you pronounce kinesiology? it? kinesiology kinesiology sorry thank you dan that escaped my mind So okay at, at the university of texas at austin he was also a former weightlifter and spotted him during it and persuaded him to go to, to to austin to the university of texas to train in the in the olympic style weightlifting so let's go through a list of his accomplishments leading up To the 92 Olympics in 1990 and the USPF Senior National Powerlifting Championships, a 19 year old Mark Henry came second only to the uh, to the legendary six time powerlifting champion Kirk Karkowski. While powerlifting relies prominently around the uh, the brute strength from power. Uh, Olympic the transitioning over to Olympic weightlifting is, yeah, is a lot more sophisticated. It requires more. <clears throat> uh, um, well, there's more movement. More movement, a lot more, more technique. But he took to it like a fish to water, which is so, which is a very rare for any power lifter and weightlifter yeah. to have to transition into weightlifting like that. Mark took to it like to a fish to water and was very seen as one of the... Best as I as I US. understand
1: from my friends that do more of that kind of stuff, powerlifting is like literally just lift. like being able to lift the bar as Olympic. You've got to like put it over your head.
0: So I bring this up because Mark Henry was able to break four national junior records in weightlifting only after eight months of training in it.
1: again uh, all I can say is just absolute genetic anomaly
2: this is absolute madness. and this is also kind of like I forget that I actually I actually really like the the world's strongest man stuff I really enjoy <laughs> I actually enjoy <laughs> like deep, deep the, the period of like
1: mid2000s so like 2010 yeah. and it was World so strongest F- man on like channel
2: five yeah I I have always found this stuff so fascinating yeah.
0: Cause it's like the absolute peak physical embodiment of strength in the in 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 uh, in the human body.
1: Um, mm. It's about much, what's like... it for me for me a lot of it's about the concept of a person is able to do these things.
2: Mm. Yeah, and also and also there is like there is a technique to like even the simple act of picking something up there are many multiple techniques you have to Mm. learn to do that not only safely but to just be able to hold that stuff it's really interesting stuff.
0: So as we get to 1991, by April he had won the United States National Junior Championships and 20 days later he placed fourth in the senior national championships which is nothing to scoff about going from <laughs> juniors to seniors that is nothing to scoff about yeah if
1: you boys. consider the fact that he's probably competing with like people around his age range to people who are competing professionally for multiple years <laughs> <laughs>
0: He'd finished 6th in the Junior World Weightlifting Championships that took place in Germany. And only a few weeks after that, he became 1991's international junior champion
1: in powerlifting. (laughs) So... So he's think about that as well. He's competing multi-discipline and is still absolutely just
2: destroying a separate category. Yeah. And like and setting records wherever he goes basically.
0: Talking of records, so we talk about his first year in competitive weightlifting. He breaks all three junior American records 12 times. <laughs> And also becomes the United States' top super heavyweight, surpassing the legendary Mario Martinez. So, by all this, that means he's already automatically qualified and managed to qualify for the US team at the 1992 Summer
1: Olympics. Well, call that first ballot behavior. <laughs> yes. They're there deciding like who goes in the Olympic team. go, well, definitely him. <laughs> uh, uh, he was
0: considered one of well, he was considered one of the most up and coming weightlifters at the time. He was also one of the youngest at nineteen, going into Barcelona. And so this is nothing to scoff about. He finished tenth um, when it all said was done and done in the super heavyweight class of weightlifting, which I said. That's nothing to scoff about when you're 19. If you just think coming into the he's,
1: ma- he's 19 and competing at the event for literally the best of the best, <laughs> yeah. So
0: before he was tra- before he got to the Olympics, he was being trained by Dragomir Sirislam, who was a bronze medalist in the '84 Olympics. Who was, and I quoted saying, "I have never seen anyone with Mark's raw talent." <laughs>
2: That's so cool. And here's a question actually. I know this is probably something that you might go in a little bit later. But do we know if any of his of any of his records have been broken now? But Mark's
0: uh, records, I can simply yeah. say with this, he still holds the WD FPF World Records in the squat, deathlift and total weight.
2: And so s- those are those yeah, those are records that have stand stood for 30 yeah. years now.
0: Yeah. It's it's nuts. It is nuts how he still holds those records. <laughs> so let's back No. Sorry. Gone. <laughs> so yeah, after the Olympics, he became more determined to focus and double down on weightlifting and decided to Go so uh, focus solely on that and compete all over the world. Come late 92, he took the win at the US Weightlifting American Open and further proved his dominance on the American soil by not only winning the National Weightlifting Championship, but also the US Olympic Festival Championship in 93 and 94. And come the 1995 Pan-American Games, Mark Henry came out of that uh, came out of those games with a gold silver and bronze medal (laughs) (laughs) oh my
2: god it's
0: not how he he still goes but he hasn't even reached his pinnacle in weightlifting yet (laughs) (laughs) so he shocked the world by winning the adf fpa us national powerlifting championships in 1995 With a total of £2,314.8 powerlifting total.
2: Good God. What in the hell?
0: Despite competing without supportive equipment in contrast to many of the other competitors, Henry was able to outclass the lifter in second place by £286.
1: (laughs) (laughs) See, when you're the guy that's coming second, there, you're right. You know what? You're there. Like this is a win for me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Not only defeating a uh, five-time powerlifting and twelve-time national powerlifting champion Brad Gilling- uh, Gillingham, but also America's Strongest Man, Mark Felipe.
1: Yeah. At that point, you're just like, you know, what? I just got to give it to him. Yeah. Like. <laughs> like you just you just, you just sit there off. He's like fair play. <laughs>
0: So all of that meant he set the all-time world record in the raw uh, deadlift at 903.9 pounds and the squat without a squat suit at 948 pounds, as well as the all-time drug-tested raw total of 2,314.8 pounds. He also later that same year competed in the drug-free powerlifting world championships and won again. Even though he trained on the power lifts sparingly, his main focus being the two like uh Olympic weightlifting yeah. disciplines.
1: He not could you came- imagine if you were, could you imagine if you were there and because oh, sorry this only came from the fact that you were specified drug free. Yes. Yeah. Could you imagine if you were using tren and were still getting less than him? <laughs> <laughs> yes. How's, how's that got a feel? Yeah. Like you're cheating and someone else is doing
2: better than you. <laughs> and by doing it in degrees not seen not thought possible yeah Yeah.
0: so here's the thing he not only became world champion by winning the competition but also bettered his previous all-time squat record and his all-time drug-tested world record so the all-time squat record he he managed to beat now stands at that time at 953.5 pounds or 332.5 kilograms. And his world record total is now 2,336.9 pounds or 1,060 kilograms.
1: So let's get That's to let Let's get
0: to ninety six and the Summer Olympics. But before we get to there, he became the North America, Central America, and Caribbean Islands champion, or the NACAC champion. That earned him the right to compete in the Olympics, as well as being able to compete in the National Weightlifting Championships for a third time. He, oh gosh! Right here we go. During his victory, Henry became senior U.S. American record holder in the snatch. At three hundred and ninety-six point eight three pounds, the clean and jerk at four hundred and eighty-five pounds, and a total of eight hundred and eighty-one pounds. Of course, just beating all of his
1: personal bests. Like. four hundred eighty-two pounds clean and jerk.
2: Is it feels like insanity to me? Yeah, I'm. I'm just. He's holding it. that above his head. I am just. I honestly haven't got much to say because I'm just listening to all of these stats, just muttering to myself. Jesus Christ.
1: He <laughs> man- the-
0: From that, he managed to beat his coach, Dragomir Siraslan, <laughs> and was the highest ever weight lifted by an athlete who has never used anabolic steroids, which was a- who was like, I mean, Dragomir was drug free, as was Mark Henry. Age 24, he's already solidified and generally is generally acknowledged this time as the strongest man in the world. He's even making athletes in the Eastern block in awe and jealous of (laughs) how (laughs) how good he is in weightlifting.
1: Again, (laughs) I'm there. If you're there and you're using drugs and you're seeing this guy absolutely crush stats, (laughs) like how how have you got a feel? It's
0: Absolutely insane. So months prior to the Summer Olympics, with all of these accolades under his belt, he's re- he was receiving a huge attention and publicity. More so than any other lifter has ever had in the United States. So much so that he was guesting on Jay Leno, Conan O'Brien, the Oprah Winfrey Show. He had he was featured on HBO Inside Sports and the Today Show. Um, even had made co- uh, the cover of magazines, including Vanity Fair, People, and ESPN magazine. Oh, and Life the magazine. Vanity Fair well. uh,
2: March Henry issue goes crazy. crazy. <laughs> what I want to find that. Hang on, I'm going to find that because that sounds he fascinating. Is, as
0: I said, for his Life magazine uh, cover, he was photographed nude by famed artist Annie
1: Leibowitz. <laughs> no. That is a, a mashup I never thought I would ever hear. Exactly, exactly. But this, uh, this whole
0: publicity was what garnered the attention of Vince McMahon for the very first time. But I'll get back to that in a second.
2: Yeah, you get back to that, because I have found that nude picture, and I got, and like, 20... What is he, like, 24 or Mm -hmm. something around this time? Yeah, look at... He is hot as hell. Look at that.
0: Oh, that's sexual chocolate, baby.
2: That is, like... That is legit sexy. (laughs) Like... (laughs) And also, you know what the funny thing is? When you think about how much he's crushing... How, like, quote-unquote he looks Mm. for a for a guy doing all of that for a guy who's a massive power lifter. Mm. that's actually kind of crazy I do wonder like I do wonder about that because he's beating guys bigger than him in terms of like in terms of like full like girth (laughs) and size
0: big (laughs) greedy man slapping meat
2: (laughs) yeah that probably is what's like (laughs) making them go even more insane
0: so in the week's prepping up to the to the Olympic Games in Atlanta. He improved his lifts uh, in snatch and clean and jerk. So he managed to get them up to about £407 for the snatch and £507 for the clean and jerk. Becoming all of this, doing all of this, and having so many of these accomplishments, it comes as no surprise that Henry was, was made the uh, captain of the Olympic weightlifting team. He also holds the accolade in the 96 Olympics of becoming of being the largest athlete in the U.S. Olympic team and the largest athlete in Olympic history. (laughs) (laughs) That is insane. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Unfortunately, though, he ended up not having a very good time in the atlanta olympics he suffered a back injury during the competition and was unable to be in peak performance level he had to drop out after his first clean and jerk attempt and finished unfortunately in 14th place
2: that's so wild that you know i was thinking on it as like you know kurt angle like being being billed as like as wrestling's only olympian olympic like mm. gold medalist and i was thinking like and when you're saying these stats i was like Wait a minute, Mark Henry didn't win a medal? That's... It just seems like every
1: time the Olympics came around, he was just cursed to have a bad time. That's so
0: crazy. And it was after that competition that he that he decided to retire from weightlifting, um, vowing to never return unless the sports cleaned up of anabolic steroids use, which was, unfortunately, rampant after... Uh, uh, which was quite rampant around the time of weightlifting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and after that Olympic Games, he ended up striking a deal with Vince McMahon to a unusually lucrative sort of contract, which signed which led him to be signed for t- in a 10-year deal as a pro wrestler, which was unheard of at the time. 10 years is kind of like... Here's the perspective. Around that time, Vince had signed Brett to a 20 year contract and couldn't actually uphold that, which is what started the entire Montreal screw job in the first place and him leaving for WCW.
1: Don't make contracts that you cannot agree to.
0: So that is really kind of a very unusual and lucrative deal for Mark Henry to come in in 96 uh, for that amount of time as well. So. His first appearance. Let's go into his wrestling career. His first appearance, straight after the Olympics, would be on a March episode. Actually, no, that would be before. Actually, was on a March episode of Monday Night Raw, where he uh, guerrilla Pressed Slabs Jerry L- Lawler, who was uh, actually who was doing his usual stick of ridiculing the person, the person he was interviewing in the ring. It was after that that he signed a ten-year contract to the WWF and was trained by famed Canadian wrestler Leo Burke. Um I think the only per- I think the claim to fame if not a lot of people know about Leo Burke is that he was the person who gave Chris Jericho the idea of doing the man of a thousand and four holds as during a promo in Stampede Wrestling Leo Burke was known as the man of a thousand holds and during a promo said he is now the man of a thousand and two holds because he learned two more <laughs> So that whole uh that whole a thousand and four holds uh, promo in WCW Blame Leo (laughs) Burke. So his first feud, Mark Henry, was with Jerry Lawler. As during SummerSlam, Henry came out to the aid of Jake Roberts, who was suffering a beatdown in the hands of Jerry Lawler. His debut match would come at In Your House Mind Games in September uh, 1996, where he defeated Lawler in quite convincing fashion. This feud would continue during the subsequent weeks leading up on Raw and eventual house shows as well He and I uh and kind of fizzled out come November. Henry during this time would serve as a corner man for Barry Windham in his match against Goldust. He was set to team with Windham, Mark Merrow and Rocky Maivere to take on Team Lawler which consisted of Jerry Lawler, Goldust, Hunter Hurst, Helmsley at Crush in Survivor Series but was quickly replaced by Jake Roberts when he was forced to withdraw from the event due to injury. An unfortunate thing for Mark Henry's career as we go along is that he was plagued by niggling injuries during most of his career. So, coming during a November episode after that of Superstars, Mark Henry defeated Hunter Hearst Helmsley, Crush and Gold Dust in a tug of war contest which was kind of the norm for wwe is they would do these test of strength displays for mark henry uh during the time and we'll go through a number of them as well as we get through this as well he also did a couple of shows during this time for the uswa over down in Memphis. And unfortunately, Henry's career around 96 and 97 started to stall, as over the next year, he would have to take time off to heal from injuries and engage in further training, eventually having more training by Dr. Tom Pritchard. Come 97, though, he did return to the ring, making his televised return the following month. And by the end of the year, he did become a regular fixture for the programming. He ended up defeating people such as the Brooklyn Brawler and the Sultan during Shotgun Saturdays. Basically being kind of like jobber- feeding the big guy jobbers to make sure he gets mm-hmm. built up and seen as a credible threat. This, of course, leads us to the Nation of Domination and, his- and then his time as Sexual chocolate. <laughs> Now, Mark Henry would go to join the newly the newly regimed faction of the Nation of Domination, which saw Farouk as the leader, Kama Mustafa, Dilo Brown and The Rock. The Rock actually was the one that ended up um, uh, recruiting Henry in, which drew the ire of then leader of the nation Farouk. Now I won't go into too much detail because uh, uh, you may want to find out what the next episode is at the end of this, uh, at the end of this episode. But needless to say, uh, after the whole um, end of the Nation of Domination, which saw Farouk's power and position as leader get usurped by The Rock, Henry then switches allegiances with The Rock, who then ends up having a kind of a tag team with D'Lo Brown at this time. It was during this that he ends up uh, with a rivalry with the nation and DX, which saw Mark Henry um, have a romantic infatuation with DX member China.
1: That was, in fact, one of the things
2: that happened. That is, in fact, a thing that happened.
0: I am not going to go into this whole thing. Uh, well well, some of the things in it but needless to say this became quite, this, uh, quite the storyline thing for Mark Henry the next year when the nation eventually would disband he would engage in a short feud with The Rock at the time uh, defeating him funny enough at judgment day with the help of D'Lo Brown then forming a permanent team with D'Lo at the time. He then gave himself during the next year still infatuated with China he gave himself the nickname sexual chocolate adopting a more of a ladies man character
1: can we say i know that people meant to see this as like a stupid dumb jobber gimmick but it is quite possibly one of the greatest names ever created
2: yeah the funny thing about it is that it kind of terrible for mark henry it's something that (laughs) it's something that haunts him and yet by all accounts. He really enjoyed it. <laughs> it It is... It, for him, it is awful, but
1: in isolation it is incredible. Sexual chocolate is the kind of thing I imagine someone would use to describe a D'Angelo album. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: Uh, let's not talk about the Barry White-inspired uh, theme song as well.
1: <laughs> it's, just... it's sexual, baby. Oh! Yeah, <laughs> just... Um, makes you know. Funny can we, story. Can we talk about? Can we sorry, but can we talk about the gear as well? Oh, the Hershey's kiss with, gear with, with, well. the, with the the Hershey's kiss sash. Unreal. Yeah. <laughs> May I just say a funny story about
0: that theme song? My for the longest time, my brother thought the, one of the lyrics to the songs. You know, you know when it goes, and I want to give it all to you. Yes. My brother honestly thought the lyric was, and I want to make it all
1: tingly. <laughs> I thought you were going to say about a U2 joke, and I was like, I hope not. No, 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 no. It just still makes
0: me laugh, that's why he generally thought it's the
1: lyric. I mean, wrestling themes are full of misheard lyrics. We should do that at some point. Oh, no, we have to talk about Jim Johnston's career of misheard lyrics.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um... During this time, though, this gimmick did absolutely work for Mark, as he ended up actually getting a European title win. Uh, ooh, ooh, just, ooh, uh, <laughs> during SummerSlam, funnily enough, he ended up winning that. Um, he was awarded. It, it was funny because it was ended up being a kind of little weird swerve thing where he turned on yeah. Brown and helped Jeff Jarrett win the title. And, and then was, Jeff Jarrett was like, "Here you
1: go, yeah,
0: Basically, give him the
1: title." I'll take Mark Henry as my champion of Europe. Damn right you will.
0: Damn right you will, sir. Uh, <laughs> now, a lot of people have said, and from what I've heard, that sexual chocolate was almost given as a rib to Mark Henry. A lot of people weren't too backstage, weren't pleased with Mark Henry being given such a prominent spot and a lucrative contract when he came okay, in. Okay, but
1: consider the, consider the following, though. Have they set multiple national weightlifting records? I think not. Yeah, this is a thing where have have, have they competed at the Olympics?
2: Mm. I think not. You know, I've heard it being said that Mark Henry's problem was that he wasn't a wrestler in the golden age era. Yes. You know, this is but to be fair in many ways that is actually true. Like cuz he would have been absolutely indispensable at that time.
1: Oh, absolutely. If you, ha- if you, ha- if you, have-, if you have him in that, um, like, that kind of prime 80s kind of territory sphere, mm. Mark Henry is, like, national icon. <laughs> yeah. Mm.
0: Now, I am not going to go into the whole thing in regards to the uh, the moment... In, sexual, in his sexual chocolate run, where he becomes a sex addict and ends up doing that sex therapy session. Um, because that is just so fucking Vince Russo and Ed Ferrara writing, and I'm not even going to repeat... Yeah, pretty much. ...repeat what was claimed that about Mark Henry during that. Um, all I'll say, people, is if you really are that morbidly curious as to what was said, go back and watch it. All I'm saying is... um.
1: It's aged horrendously. Right, in age fact, horrendous. it was never
0: aged in the first place. Um, all I'll say is implied incest.
2: Great. Lovely. Lovely, lovely, lovely.
1: Yes. Reminder that Vince Russo lectures other people in wrestling companies about the stories they should write. Yes. Just saying.
0: <laughs> but this brings us to, of course, something we've already talked about before in our May Young episode, the relationship between Mark Henry and May Young which actually solidified Mark Henry as a fan Favourite
1: Okay let me just say with this right When I say to people That I can't talk to people About wrestling (laughs) They look at me and they're like Oh but like Why Um, And like oh is it because like people see it as Like Rude or whatever and I'm like no The problem is It's so weird that if I talk to people about it that don't understand it, then I get looked at like a freak. And this is one of those many situations. Mm. And I would like to refer to a conversation I had with a friend of mine that I used to work with. Mm -hmm. through stuff. Conversations. My friend friend at work had become aware of, of this show. (laughs) Oh, boy! <laughs> and we were talking about stuff in wrestling and he said to me like oh why don't you talk about it more like i i feel like i've never heard you talk about it. And i'm like because if i mentioned anything then people would look at me like i'm insane to which we, we started talking about silly <laughs> wrestling storylines and we're we're chatting away at this like social event People, people are there, and they're like talking about stuff, and we start talking about wrestling. And, and then I mentioned this infamous story of Mark Henry and Mae Young, and then Mae Young giving birth to a hand. <laughs> At which point, uh, someone chimes in and goes, "I'm sorry, what did you just say?"
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Seventy-three-year-old
1: May Young, and I turn and I turned to my friend and went, "And that's exactly why." <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I had to try and express it in a way that didn't make me seem like i imagined this while on some kind of intense drug trip
0: <laughs> oh but gosh yeah we've already gone over this in detail in the may young episode so if you want to know more go to that but they put mark henry and may young have a romantic relationship together Turns out at one point that Mae Young becomes pregnant at 73 years old with Mark Henry's child. Viscera big splashes Mae Young while she's carrying his child. And of course, Mae Young uh, has that infamous moment where she gives birth to a hand. Which they repeat about fifty years later with a grown-up hand reuniting with his father. Um,
1: let's not forget that, everybody.
2: That is, in fact, still in canon.
1: Yeah, that is in fact all real and acknowledged.
0: <laughs> So, after this, Mark Henry was, uh, after all of this and said and done, come 2000, Mark Henry was actually sent down to OVW. Not only to kind of improve on his wrestling skills, but to improve on his conditioning as well. And during this time, he actually did have a lot of success down in OVW. He ended, up, ended up competing in a tournament with Nick Dinsmore. The future Eugene.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, Well, yeah. No, no, no. no. But this is because this is because in OVW, um, Nick Dinsmore was like considered like what like a generational talent, (laughs) and then he got given Eugene. (laughs) Uh, Which, by the way, he actually pitched. He actually pitched as a wrestling savant, but
0: then. The creative being creative ended up turning it into UJ. That's a whole different thing. But yeah, he ended up competing in a tournament for the Southern Tag Championships with some some success there. He also had a couple of matches as well for another um, affiliate of WWF at that time, the Heartland Wrestling uh, Association.
1: out HWA.
0: But during this time, he decided that through all of this, and unfortunately his mother passing away in mid-2001, he decided to go on a hiatus from pro wrestling as he's just he could not focus on on pro wrestling anymore after the un- unfortunate passing of his mother. And he felt that he had to go back to what brought him to the dance. And from that, he ended up applying all of that all of that knowledge and all of that experience in weightlifting and powerlifting to compete in the Arnold Strongman classic. He decided to, to, to sign up and compete for it in honour of his mum, who gave him his first weight set, of course, when he was 10 years old. He decided to double down on, on, on powerlifting. He said prior to the contest, he began lifting the heaviest of weights and started r- excessively training, now, mostly for the first time since 1997.
2: Sam, when yeah. you say the heaviest of weights... <laughs> I feel like that requires some equivalent because the heaviest of weights for me, yeah. and the heaviest of weights for Mark, goddamn Henry. So it's bas- entirely different.
0: So basically, to give you just give you all of this, he was basically lifting in the squat and deadlifts at his absolute uh, like maximum weight limit that he was hitting. So he was hitting nine hundred and fifty-three pounds on the squat, and was doing nine hundred pounds on the deadlift so he was lifting his absolute like his record weights weight limits during this time and he was doing he was he was gaining a lot of momentum in this a lot of people were uh, uh, a lot of people were really excited to see him going to strongman because of course he was doing powerlifting and weightlifting but he never got into strongman contests before but he was to go. He was going up at this time at the Arnold Classic against some of the best in the world in World Strongest Man. He ended up going up against, of course, uh, uh, the uh, World Strongest Man winner Sven Carlson, Phil Feister, Andy Bolton, uh, Raymond Bergamai, uh, Bergmanis, and Brian Schoonerveld. All these guys, legendary in strongman competitions. And in 2002, in Columbus, Ohio, gave us the Arnold Strongman Classic, which consisted of four events designed to determine the lifter and overall greatest uh, body power. Now, Mark Henry comes in, No the wiser, a lot of people remember him, of course, as an Olympic weightlifter, powerlifting extraordinaire, and of course, his time as a professional wrestler. So no one was really thinking that Mark-, Mark Henry could do well, but I don't think he's going to do, like, get anywhere near, uh, like, first, second, or third. Bro said 4-0 sweep. <laughs> Mark Henry surprised anyone where he clearly won the first event, setting a world record in the process by lifting the Apollon's axle three times over his head. Now, to give you, um, to give you context... It's a struggle to lift the axle once. And only three men in the whole of history have been able to press the Apollon's axle. So he did it three times. I heard 4-0 sweep incoming. (laughs) (laughs) Also, he deadlifted 885 pounds for two repetitions in the second event and with no effort whatsoever, was able to push a £5,000 Hummer with nearly flat tyres in the third event. (laughs) Henry was able to get first and keep that lead continuously throughout the competition. And guess what? He, He did not come off of that spot.
2: You know, I... Was saying that at this time Mark Henry needs to be stopped, and then my brain was <laughs> immediately went Who?
1: <laughs> like it, that's literally it's like
0: who? <laughs> who and what? <laughs> <laughs> so the final event, the farmer's walk event, Mark Henry was able to quickly carry the around 390 kilograms or 850 pounds worth of railroad tiles up an incline and uh That secured convincingly his spot, winning the competition, capturing the winning prize for the Arnold Strongman Classic. He got $10,000 in cash, a vacation cruise, and a $75,000 Hummer. (laughs) Now, here's the most amazing thing about this. Mark Henry trained for four months and was able to defeat the creme of de la creme of the world's strongest men, who had at that point been practicing and training for years in strongman
1: competition. See, this is the th- this is the thing I'm saying about this. Like, you're there, right? You're you're like, I'm at the top of my game. I have been training so hard for this. And then this dude pulls up and makes everything you do look like light work. Straight, straight up, light work, no reaction. Strong, the, str- like the, the
0: scene of the strongman competitions, fans, the, the competitors, were just genuinely shocked how he was able to come in with four months training and just absolutely... Can you, like, sorry, it. Can you, ima- can, you, can you
1: imagine that you're a competitor there, right? You spent like a year specifically training for this event. A guy turns up with four months training, just straight up just goes like, ain't nothing but a peanut and then just leaves. Yeah. He's like, I have achieved what I wanted to here
2: and then just, just like, "now nah, I'm good. Just dips. Okay, like, Mark Henry... Is living proof that not all men are created equal. Exactly. Just straight, <laughs> just straight up, there are some people who are just better than you by sheer genetics and like, skill. That's just
1: like I, even as a person, I am thinking about the idea of divine creation. There was a higher, there was a higher being that was like, I am going to create this human to live.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he a man born to lift heavy things
0: <laughs> <laughs> and man like it still blows my mind as like this guy able to come in not much in the way of training four months coming into it but was able to go i see your world's strongest man accolade and i lift us I, and i lift a hummer with one hand <laughs> <laughs>
2: To, as in to 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 quote a future thing in mark henry's life and career that'll be mine soon <laughs> Yes.
0: <laughs> so all of this of course garnered huge publicity for henry and for the wwe which is how he was able to return to the company in april of 2002 debut of returning on the Smackdown brand where with all of these accolades was able to be able to create a persona as the world's strongest man where he would go in to perform again massive tests of strength with other wrestlers taking taking bets of the te- on like here's, the tests of strength now i here's the now thing, i love i real, love these. sorry real sorry, real
2: I... sorry real quick this is this is the thing like can we call it a persona if it is objectively true <laughs> At this also,
1: point, probably not. so this is the thing that i love about this right because then there's all these stories about the boys in the back being like setting in challenges and i'm like this is a man who's just competed in a competition out of like sheer like internal emotional like i need to do this Because of a promise I made to my family, you ask that guy, and you're like, "Hey, I'll give you ten thousand dollars if you like bend this pan." He's gonna do it.
2: No, I love. Oh, can I tell the story about the pan bending? Yes. Can I please? So, so according to legend, Vince McMahon gave him like like they were doing like the pan thing, like if you could bend the the handle of a pan, and they gave him a stainless steel one. And he was struggling to do it. And they all made the mistake of laughing at him while bending it. Mm. And Mark Henry got pissed off. So focusing and doing all of his strength, he then bent the stainless steel pan, pan handle fully with his hands to shock silence from everyone in the locker room. Wits Vince McMahon took Mark Henry aside and said that you can never be angry at people in this company. Everyone <laughs> are, is terrified. He would turn someone's ribcage into dust. I believe
0: that, that that was so kind of like set into kind of like amazement for everyone that creative even made a thing of it when he came back in two thousand and two yeah. of him just
1: constantly bending frying pads. I believe there was a backstage <laughs> okay. segment where he did that. Can we well. can we can we talk about our favourite Mark Henry stories and can I share my one? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, job. so this is this is much later, this is about 2007, 8 ish hmm. Um WWE are on tour, and while staying in their hotel, um their coach has come, it's gonna take them to the arena, but um someone parked their car in slightly too close <laughs> to the coach and it can't <laughs> get out. So mark henry squatted lifted the car from the from the front bumper and then moved the car forwards (laughs) so that the coach could get out
0: it's
1: it's crazy and can you just imagine you're there on the coach the driver says i can't i can't get it out um, we're gonna need someone to. We're gonna need someone to move the car or get onto a towing company. And then Mark Henry appears and just moves it. <laughs> I have got to <you>, chase. <laughs> Im- imagine seeing a man lift a car by its bumper and then pull it forwards. <laughs> it, it's it, it, it's absolute insanity, and I'm sure there's. I know there's like a video talking about the story.
0: I mean, if it doesn't matter kind of what automobile it's whether it's a car, a van, or a uh, or a, <laughs> a semi truck, he's able to move it, which is just yeah. insane. Yeah.
2: Again, born to lift things.
0: Oh, man. So Let's talk. Unfortunately, during this time between two two thousand and two and two thousand and seven, it was a very stop and start sort of career for Mark, as unfortunately he was plagued by a lot of injuries during this time. Now, unfortunately, the world's strongest man at the start gimmick in two thousand and two wasn't wasn't generating enough success for him, and unfortunately, it wasn't that wasn't that meant he wasn't being used as well as he could have. Uh, And it was during a weightlifting contest, he ended up suffering a knee injury, which saw him go off to recover from that injury and thus was sent back down to OVW for more training. He would return in August of 2003 to join, of course, something we've talked about in last year's uh, Black History Month on Teddy Long. He became member of the Thugging and Bugging Enterprises group that was led by Teddy Long. Oh, God. Of course, that was, of course, the whole thing where he was partnered with Rodney Mack and uh, the White Boy <laughs> Challenge. You know Chow Shout the White Boy Challenge. Uh, this did, though, end up seeing Mark Henry involved in a brief program with Goldberg, who was World Heavyweight Champion. Uh, ended up having him with a fight, uh, a match, having a match with Shawn Michaels as well, before he engaged in a rivalry with Booker T. He ended up having two matches, with Booker T, one in a street fight and another in a six-man tag where he lost to Booker T at the Armageddon pay-per-view. Unfortunately, though, an injury struck once more as during a practice session with some of the uh, signees at OVW in February of 2004, he ended up tearing his quadricep muscle and was out for over a year. Um... But he wasn't, I, unfortunately, I was going to say, it's another unfortunate injury for Mark. But he did spide his time by becoming a PR figure for WWE during his recovery. But would end up returning to uh, SmackDown in December the 30th, 2004. in When he interfered in a tag team championship match. Joining up with Eminem to help them defeat Rey Mysterio and Batista for the championships. It was a week later that he got involved in a confrontation for the World Heavyweight Championship with Batista. He went on to interfere in a cage match between Eminem and Mysterio and Batista. If you remember, that was the one, I believe, where Mark Henry had a bit of a struggle ripping the cage door. Well, okay,
1: okay, no, 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 no. no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> okay, I'm going to I'm gonna tell this one. So yeah. this, of... this, this story is they find a spot where Mark Henry was gonna pull the chain mm. um and like for the lock, everything, and the bent and whatever, they go through, they do it, but they realize they haven't used a gimmick lock, yeah, this is a real padlock, <laughs> <laughs> and obviously frustrated that things have gone wrong, they're realizing he can't get in, he literally just starts pulling. And yeah. then
2: snaps a padlock. He so, is—he is built different. So he—he <laughs> he decided, screw it, we'll do this for real.
0: Now I feel I do believe as it was a taped SmackDown, they did cut that thing down, but it did take Mark Henry. I think it was a good few minutes after he realised it wasn't a gimmicked uh, padlock to really. Rip the damn thing off. Which, by the way, nothing knocking on Mark for doing that. That just means that he's just ungodly straight that it took him. Not it just took him only a few minutes
1: to get that padlock up. It,
2: he took he took a he took a botch and turned it into yet another feat of a man built only to do. <laughs> but, like, but like, think about that concept though. He pulled the padlock apart. <laughs>
1: This saw Mark Insane. Henry. So in late
0: 2005-2006, this saw Mark Henry have a rivalry with then champion heavyweight champion Batista. Now, unfortunately, during a house show event, Batista ended up suffering a severely torn tricep that required surgery, which forced him to vacate the title. The plan going into the 2006 Royal Rumble was for Mark Henry to have a match against Batista for the World Heavyweight Championship. Unfortunately, that plan was scrapped and going into it, into the next SmackDown, there was a Battle Royal for the vacant championship, which was finally won by uh, Kurt Angle, who, who uh, last eliminated Mark Henry. This set up the newly revised Royal Rumble, oh, sorry, not Royal Rumble, but the World Heavyweight Championship match at the Royal Rumble, which saw Kurt Angle take on Mark
2: Henry. Great match, by the way. If you oh, I could, imagine, I could imagine that being an absolutely sick match. Yeah, it, like...
0: ended when, um, it ended up with Angle getting the win, where Angle absolutely swung for the fences and hit him with a chair and pinned <laughs> him with a roll. Wrong...
2: <laughs> this yeah, of... is like... cool. Oh, no, like, that's how you do it. That's how you do it. He... He cannot be killed by conventional weaponry. Like, yeah. that's it. That's all like, like, let's,
1: let's Let's be real, right? You're not going to outpower him. So just... hitting him in the head with a chair will, will go some effect.
0: <laughs> so this brings us to his rivalry with The Undertaker that ended up culminating at WrestleMania 22. They ended up going for... They ended up uh, logging heads after Mark Henry interfered in a world heavyweight championship match title defense with angle against the undertaker where henry attacked him and uh, and um and cost taker his shot at the championship this led of course to the casket match at wrestlemania 22 and this was a newly like a newly kind of like newly inspired mark henry we he had a bit more kind of like rough around the edges and was determined to put Undertaker and make him uh, defeat the streak and put him down for good. Now, the rumours going around, and it actually has been confirmed by Mark Henry, that there were a lot of talks with the creative, with Taker and Henry, that it was going to have Mark Henry be the one to defeat the streak. Um, So much so is that even Undertaker was like, yeah, I could see it. I don't think it would be too remiss to say that Mark Henry could defeat me. Now there are, I all, mean, as I said, a lot of talks about it. Sorry, reading gone.
2: No, I'm like thinking about like that, that idea. I was kind of like, it's a difficult one for me personally yeah. because, like, it's a one where like kayfabe and and real and real life like kind of bump heads for me. Yeah. Like in real life, yeah, Mark Henry, <laughs> Mark Henry, every every day, week. and i Mampagneer. hear i hear
1: your spooky wizard powers but, but i am simply too strong
2: yeah but consider mark henry but on the other hand kayfabe wise i unf- it's really frustrating and unfortunate that at that time mark henry just didn't have the pedigree yeah um, to, to be the one to do it in my view give him give him it's
1: one of those ones where i'm like is he the one to beat the streak probably not but mm. like give him the win at the next pay-per-view easy so,
0: so Mark Henry stated in an interview uh, later down the road that he said the decision was really close. Like it almost came down to the 11th hour about him actually winning the match. And he said it, it was that close. And if they ever did come to me saying I was going to you're, you're going over, he would have refused and said no. Because he said that he just there was something about carrying that weight of being the guy that, defi- that ends the streak that just didn't sit well with him.
2: Hmm. That's fair. That's more than fair.
0: Um. And so, of course, if anyone's seen that match, really good match. We talked about it in the streak episode as well. But it was a really—it's one of the more underrated matches of Taker's kind of like WrestleMania streak there. And I really I. Go back and I do really what wo- go back and watch this match, and I really do enjoy it as well. Um, and that's, of course, going into a- taking into account so many bloody good matches that happened at WrestleMania 22. And of course, mm-hmm. that is also taking into account the uh, the 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 infamous and probably the most famous match of there, which was Edge versus Mick Foley in the hardcore match. Uh, mm-hmm. Love that match. So, yeah, let's head on a little bit, let's fast forward a bit because Mark. Ended up having a bit of a lull period around around this time, but between this time, he ended up, of course, moving over to the ECW brand, where he would become ECW champion. He was managed at this time by Tony Atlas. Yeah, which again, I guess, that, that kind of makes sense why you would pair those two together.
2: Yeah. You but know, at the same I time, actually... Tony Atlas is just really weird. but you know. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I actually remember quite liking his ECW champion run.
0: Exactly, I really did enjoy it. Uh, it was the first title he had held since the European Championship back in 1999, yeah. which is wow, crazy, that's crazy wild. to think about. Nearly 10 years it took him to win another championship. He ended up having a really good rivalry with Matt Hardy during this time as well. Mm-hmm which would see Matt Hardy eventually get the one up on Henry at Unforgiven and in that championship scramble uh, a stipulation. He ended up, of course, not regaining that title once more, but ended up qualifying for the Money in the Bank match at WrestleMania 25, uh, which was, of course, which was won by CM Punk. Um, mm-hmm. And again, ended up having a rivalry, which would end with him, ended up having a rivalry with Evan Bourne. Uh, which he was so successful in this hill run and a lot of people were higher in the higher ups were so happy with him that so much so that he ended up being traded to the Raw brand in 2009 and he would have very kind of up and down at this point in 2009 he would end up forming tag teams with Montel Vontavius Porter MVP he would end up having uh, unsuccessful tag team title shots here and there. He would team with Evan Bourne for a little t- for a little bit in 2010.
1: They really didn't know what they wanted to do yeah, with him and so... where they wanted him to be.
2: Yeah, here's the. You, what are your guys' theories on on this? It's something that I've actually been wanting to ask you guys because Why? it's really really weird. Like he's everything that like Vince definitely wants. He he was injury prone, but I would argue not like i would i much. would argue
1: that the, the 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 real thing is that they didn't know what they wanted him to be and mm-hmm. where they wanted him so he kind of ends up flipping about between a bunch of different places they they keep going up and around different things so realistically to me if you have a guy like mark henry we're talking like upper mid-card at like minimum yeah. Mm. He should be an ever-present threat. Yes. Yes.
0: Um, again, I think it's that thing of, I think they were just so unsure whether he would be able to maintain being injury-free and as well as just I being guess- a stable I... hand as well. It's like, oh, well, we can keep him in the mid-card. There's no problems with him.
2: That, I, I guess, but again, like I know he, he, has, he was injury-prone, but if I'm looking at his history correctly I don't think it was like I think his injury proneness is kind of overstated i I like, don't think so as well like triple h was quite injury prone and we know what happened with him
0: Cena at this point was quite injury prone
1: I think mm. I think the the thing is that because of like the because of the size, like his size and stuff like that, I feel like people were more worried about it. Yeah. Than if mm. anyone really could have been. Exactly. Maybe. Exactly.
0: So, gentlemen, with all this being said, let us talk about the fi- the moment where he finally, I feel, reached his zenith, his run with their world heavyweight championship, and the Hall of Pain.
2: Ah, the Hall of
0: Pain.
1: Hall of Pain is. A1. Unreal.
0: fucking good. So, 2011 draft. He was drafted to the SmackDown brand. And in the main event of Raw in that brand, he ended up attacking his teammates. uh, SmackDown teammates, John Cena and Christian, thus turning heel in the process. On a May episode of SmackDown, he participated in a triple threat match, which saw him uh, facing off against Sheamus and Christian to decide the number one contender to the World Heavyweight Championship. Ultimately, that match was won by Sheamus. And uh, this sent Mark Henry down an angry, angry road. He was scheduled to face a quite angry Big Show, who warned Henry not to get into the ring, otherwise he'd hurt him. But Henry ignored that warning, and Big Show decided to assault him before the match could begin, thus igniting a feud between two big, meaty men slapping meat. <laughs>
1: The absolute meatiest that. of men. I was going to say, the absolute peak of big, meaty men bumping meat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this would see both of them fighting, the, uh, fighting for the coveted number one contendership spot for Randy Orton's World Heavyweight Championship.
2: This would That's see... a real whoever wins, Randy loses situation. Oh, huh?
0: absolutely it was. <laughs> uh, so, they face off in a singles match at Money in the Bank. Which he wins in quite dominating fashion, and after the match, solidifying his heel status by crushing Big So's leg with a steel chair, injuring him, Kfabe. He would end up, that would be his first inductee in what he would call the Hall of Pain. Doing so, he ended up putting uh, putting away Kane, inducting Kane, Vladimir Kozlov, and Great Car Lee into the Hall of Pain. Bringing them to a very same fate by injuring them in kayfabe, of course. And of course, doing. I'd say this is where he really solidified the world's strongest slam as a move that should be <laughs> feared.
1: Yeah, I mean, I... think about it, right? How big is the dude? That much going on top of you should put you out. Yeah, I
2: do love. I do. That's a small little detail, but I do love that, like, the first. Inductees are the the biggest people in the in the WWE at that time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like like he's not going for like no 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 no. We're putting in Kane. <laughs> We're putting in Kane as like Big Show is number 1, Kane at number 2. That's <laughs> mad.
0: I do love during this time and we'll get into it as well from here is that he, Mark Henry was informed by upper management and by interviewers that uh, no one wanted to face him because everyone was scared <laughs> to fight him. <laughs> but he was in the ring and saying, anyone gonna face me? Come on. Any of you Batman enough to come face me? To which Seamus... Answered the call saying he wasn't afraid of Mark Henry before slapping him in the face. This comes to SummerSlam when Mark Henry defeats Sheamus by count out after slamming him through a ring barricade.
1: And it was
0: coming to August of SmackDown, Mark Henry wins a 20-man battle royal to become the number one contender for the world heavyweight championship to face Randy Orton at Night of Champions. They would, during this time, even between SmackDown and Raw, this is when the Raw Super Shows were happening, if you remember, where they had SmackDown coming in, uh, SmackDown Superstars coming in. Henry just decided, you know what? It would be great just to absolutely attack Orton in any and every opportunity, thus giving myself an advantage. And that's exactly (laughs) what he did leading up to Night of Champions and you know what the game plan worked as mark henry defeated randy orton to win the world heavyweight championship for the very first time and may i just say the big gold looked awesome on mark henry
2: the big gold looked looked suddenly small on mark henry <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> it really looked like a, such a toy belt on him <laughs> it really did I, 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 think he just always just held it on his shoulder. He never wore it. I don't think he could have worn it. No, they would have needed quite a few belt extenders. Yeah,
1: <laughs> or just like put it onto a weight belt. Yes, absolutely.
0: This gives us a couple of great moments during his time as champion. He successfully defends the title against Randy Orton in his rematch in a Hell in a Cell match at, funnily enough, Hell in a Cell. This reignites his root rivalry with Big Show, which sees him, Big Show, earning a title shot against Mark Henry at Vengeance. This ended up being a no contest as, of course, Mark Henry superplexed Big Show from the top rope, causing the ring to collapse from the impact. A move that had not been seen since Big Show took a superplex by Brock Lesnar. (laughs) <laughs> Funny enough, i forgot that during the, it was at this thing that wasn't the main event as john cena actually ended up having to fight in a broken ring in the main event of that pay-per-view mm-hmm.
2: gotta love those little details of like no 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 no, this is it this is all the ring we got like <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh of course this bleeds in of course to big show mark henry and then the money in the bank briefcase holder daniel bryan vying for the uh, world heavyweight championship, Mark Henry would eventually retain the world heavyweight championship at Survivor Series, and then that would that would see Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson. Sorry, I ended up going into yeah. That would see Daniel Bryan coming out to cash in his opportunity and becoming successful, winning the world heavyweight championship. This would see at the Royal Rumble a triple threat match and a steel cage where brian was successful and retained the title but not only but only after mark henry was able to grab brian uh, by the neck as brian was hanging out of the cage and henry let go and brian was able to land on his feet outside <laughs>
2: <laughs> the only way is to run don't run the hell away <laughs>
0: exactly Exactly. So after that, Henry wouldn't be. Henry would even uh, face CM Punk for the WWE Championship and tried to win that championship, but was unsuccessful as Punk won by a disqualification via retaining his championship. And so he ended up, unfortunately, Mark after this pretty much ended up having to go out as he ended up suffering a career-threatening injury. I would have to go into surgery for that. After a nine-month absence, he made his return in 2013, reigniting the Hall of Pain once more by attacking Daniel Bryan, Rey Mysterio, and Sin Cara. He once again earned a spot to go for the World Heavyweight Championship at Elimination Chamber. And then during that, he ended up eliminating Daniel Bryan and Kane, before eventually being eliminated by Randy Orton not being too pleased with that. Henry ends up to take attacking the remaining participants before being escorted <laughs> by WWE <laughs> officials. This so I'm going to go over the final parts of his rivalries. He ended up having a rivalry with Ryback which ended up culminating in a match at WrestleMania 29. He reignited his feud with Sheamus where they ended up having tests of strength between one another um uh, with Sheamus being an unbe- unable to best Henry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm very glad. I'm very. If they if they had done it, it would have been like objectively bullshit. Like no, no, and just
0: no. And we'd eventually end up having a little mini rivalry with the Shield. This brings us to 2015 and his uh, retirement. If you remember this, yes. Oh, now here for we weeks go. on a time, Mark Henry was was. I guess he was kind of teasing on social media that he was pr- his career. Was wrapping up. And on a on an episode of Raw, Mark Henry with his wrestling boots at the end of a John Cena promo comes out, places his wrestling boots on the entrance ramp, and of course, that salmon jacket of his comes out, emotionally cuts that amazing promo of him saying that he was gonna give it up, it's time to give it up, and he's coming home. I love this promo for a whole bunch of reasons. It's so good. It's so damn good. Mark Henry is fully in, and I think every. Let's let's just say everyone was pretty damn convinced that Mark that this was it, that Mark was this is Mark Henry's retirement. But little did we know that he was working everybody. As John Cena goes to like shake his hand and hug him, Mark Henry picks him up for a world strongest slab, and proclaims that he is not done yet.
2: Everyone thought he was retiring. Everyone. Literally everyone. I think maybe his family did as well. Yeah. yeah. swerved. <laughs> he, it's so great.
0: So, so freaking good. It's... Oh, man. Of course, that leads into Henry having a shot at the uh, undisputed uh, WWE Championship against John Cena at that time. Unfortunately, he was unsuccessful. Um uh, but man that's such a good moment. Such a good moment. Uh probably one of like Henry's best moments I think in the company for sure. Absolutely. Um uh, and then of course during this time he would go, go on to have uh little bits here and there. He had uh, Roman he had a rivalry with Roman Reigns. He would go on to try and fight for the vacated Intercontinental Championship at uh, Elimination Chamber. Uh, was unsuccessful in that. He would end up having a rivalry with the Wyatt family that would end up culminating at the Royal Rumble match where they eliminated him. He entered the third Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal at WrestleMania 32. He made it to the final six until being eliminated by Kane and Darren Young, funnily enough of all people. Oh, wow. (laughs) He was then drafted over to Raw. He would align himself with tag teams here and there have a rivalry with rusev and unfortunately his career would end up dwindling down and in wrestlemania 33 with the announcement of him being announced for the hall of fame class of 2018 he also announced with that that he was retiring from the wwe he was inducted by the big show which, of course, is just so perfect of that, and said that it was time to come home finally and give up uh, and put his boots, of course, there at the Hall of Fame ceremony. Now, it wasn't for too long that, as at the Greatest Royal Rumble, they needed a lot of people to... um. To, to to fill out the 50-man Royal Rumble at that time. And <laughs> Mark Henry was given a guest spot in that Rumble, eventually actually uh, scoring three eliminations, but eventually being eliminated by Daniel Bryan and Dolph Ziggler. Of course, the Greatest Royal Rumble also saw Titus World slide. Um uh yeah (laughs) the i think it was the crown prince of saudi arabia asking for yokozuna even though yokozuna had uh had passed away don't worry about it don't worry about it don't
1: worry about it don't worry about it so they got
0: another sumo wrestler to come in for that um (laughs) it was from this that uh, that mark henry was able to take on a backstage role he was ended up being a producer having uh make uh helping the talent book their matches Uh, And structure the matches for Monday Night Raw and for SmackDown. Apparently he was considered one of the the most favourable people to be on there as a backstage producer. As he was always very nice, very giving and very willing to go over matches and how to structure them for the WWE. He also maintained for a lot of the talent coming up to remember clean up after yourselves, because that shows a lot of respect for you, not only just for the the, the place itself, for the talent as well, because he's seen a lot of people Mm -hmm. that would just leave their rubbish out, and a lot of people kind of um, hazed for that reason alone. He would make sporadic appearances, he would appear on the Raw 25 episode, he would appear on Raw Legends Night, where he would end up being uh, uh, confronted by Randy Orton, and... It was during this time that he wanted to be a part of the creative team. He was campaigning hard to, to say to Vince, hey, I've got a lot to give. I've got some ideas. I would very much like to try my hand at the creative part. Unfortunately, Vince didn't see it that way and wanted him to remain in a backstage like producer, book, uh, producer role and eventually being on a Legends contract where he would sporadically make appearances here and there. And realising that he was never really going to be able to push vince into thinking different he decided to uh, as uh, leave the company in 2021 and decide to take a chance um uh, for the fledgling company All with elite wrestling where he is still part of uh of this day he is part of the of the um coaching role as a producer also helping out creatively but as we know he is also a commentator for rampage he also does back some backstage announcing, and is pretty well in. Like uh, him and Tony Khan, apparently are as thick as thieves, and do help each other out as mm-hmm. much as possible. From all intents and purposes, still considered one of the loveliest people in the backstage role. And um, another little thing for Mark Henry in this time is that uh, he has become quite swell, as that he's also that he's also gone on a, an exercise regime where he's lost six stone. Jesus Christ and looking like tough as ever believe it or not so mark
2: henry I can't, I can't believe that mark henry looked himself in the mirror and said you know what i think i need to get a little bit stronger
0: <laughs> he looks he looks a hell of a lot slimmer a lot more toned as well like which which is crazy to think of isn't it crazy but that is where mark henry where we leave mark henry's career at the moment mark henry still just still have giving a lot to the industry itself still holding on to those powerlifting records to this day and still just
2: being a positive force
0: for the world of pro wrestling
2: it's just nice to
0: hear it's nice to hear it's nice to end on a positive note on these retrospectives
2: you know Mm -hmm. as as the as the man once said he's got a lot left in the tank
0: (laughs) (laughs) so guys with all that being said we've gone through the career of mark henry it's safe to say that Dude is one of the strongest wrestlers that's ever been in pro wrestling.
1: <laughs> I don't really think that's up for question, though, is it? <laughs>
2: that, isn't, that isn't a debate. <laughs> There's no debate for that. I have looked up further crazy feats of, of Mark Henry. One that will be very important for us. Uh, he lifted up Big Van Vader. Yes, He, he, he gorilla-pressed Big Van Vader. Which is... I- uh absolutely insane <laughs> like what in the hell dude. just
0: dude deserves his plaudits i know
1: like literally when it comes to strongest wrestler to be with the exception of the fact that eddie hall's done one video of wrestling mm-hmm. like i think there's no debate when it comes to mark henry's probably the strongest guy out there
0: yeah Absolutely, absolutely. Guy deserves his plaudits. I know a lot of people is- say, "Does he deserve that run as a world heavyweight champion?" I say yes, yes. yes. Oh, hell absolutely. yes, he does. He
1: did. I'm sorry, you can. I'm sorry, right? You cannot be Like you, you cannot be one of those old head people and be like, oh, well, it's about who gets ready. And not pick the guy who is literally booked on your show as the world's strongest man to be your champion. Because in kayfabe terms, he should be winning. Honestly, yeah, he, that time as
2: well. Sorry, I'm sorry. It, it's called the world heavyweight champion. Yeah. Yes, the world's
1: have... strongest man, who in vignettes you've shown pulling a semi-truck.
2: It's like, that's not even a question Exactly. It's not even a doubt. also question. as like a, as like a
1: whole separate thing they did a whole spot where they just showed him like f- accomplishing a feat of strength that just no one had done before yeah
2: yeah with uh,
1: the with the uh the inch
2: dumbbell yeah it's kind and it's kind of crazy that in, in his entire career he only has two at uh, two titles two t- uh three
0: it's... titles european yeah. championship ecw and world heavyweight championship
2: <laughs> that really kind of shows that they just didn't know what to do with the man. That man should have been an absolute mid-card runner. Yeah, that man should have had... That man, like, the fact that he never has an intercontinental... Like, an IC or a US not being there is unreal. Yeah, yeah a US, that is that is an oversight, actually. That's a more of an oversight than the intercontinental. Yeah. Like, the, the US championship is built for a man like him. <laughs> He should have had that. He should have had that. The long. He should have the longest run. Frankly. Also, may I
0: just may I just say as well, he's a three time Slammy
2: Award winner. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he's got that. He's got that. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know, I would have been very interested, and I don't think it would have worked, but I would have been very interested in what would have happened if he went to Japan. I would have been very intrigued. Oh,
0: Anoki. I think Anoki would have adored <laughs> oh <my> him. Anoki <laughs> would have adored Mark Hello. I am
1: very strong.
0: <laughs> now you know full well he would have been probably one of the best Gaijin New Japan ever had. Like him and Bob Sapp at the same time. Oh my oh, god. <laughs> could you imagine that? Oh man. I would have loved to have seen Mark Henry versus Bob Sapp. It's just like that is the true definition of big meaty men that slapping be... me.
1: Unreal.
0: (laughs) But no, Mark Henry absolutely deserves his plaudits. He was deserved that charter run because he was, I would say, at that time, the best heel they had in WWE, without question. Dude deserves always plaudits. I have waxed lyrical about it. Mark Henry, you deserve your place as a Hall of Famer. You deserve your place to live in the legendary status of the WWE. And I'm so happy that you're still doing your thing in AEW. Yeah. Maybe one more time. I don't know. See how we feel. <laughs> I wouldn't say no to Mark Henry versus Captain Insano. That's what I'm
1: saying.
0: <laughs> but that is where we're going to end this episode. Man, I've enjoyed this one mostly because I just wanted to go over the numbers and stats of his powerlifting career.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, one, one more, one more to, to lead us out with to say that it is absolutely
1: ridiculous
2: (laughs) Uh, one time according to big show to big show he caught he caught mark henry attempting to rip a quarter in half with his bare fingers he couldn't do it but he did bend it in half for god's sake (laughs) big show sheepishly admitted later he tried to do the same thing (laughs) he failed (laughs)
1: I can imagine I just get to see see shows (laughs) The big show just turning bright pink Yes (laughs)
0: Oh, man. Well, I see. I have had so much fun doing this episode, you would not believe. And doing oh, this a lot is of research so much fun.
1: Henry. I feel like this is our Bad News Brown episode for this year's Black History Month. Wrong possibility. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. the, 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 the powerlifting stats speak for themselves. You're damn
0: right they do. So, i feel what is a great little thing of going over and kind of like accompaniment episode. Our next episode, we are going to be chronicling the life and times of the nation of domination.
1: Oh boy! I'm, looking, I'm looking <laughs> this is going to get interesting. <laughs> this is
0: going to get very interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys' reactions about how this started over at the USWA, and how the how the faction looked.
1: Uh, I can't wait co- to start. I can't wait to start talking about the historical context influencing
2: the formation of this group. Oh yes, it's going to be so, so
1: fascinating.
0: Talking about how how Crush and Savio Vega were originally part of the nation. Um, and of course, leading, of course, to the, I guess you could see the, the iconic formation of the nation, of Domination. Again, eventually leading to the end of it, and how how Owen Hart comes into all of this.
2: Aye, aye.
0: Well, mind you, mm-hmm. apparently, according to all of them, they see him as an honorary nation member.
1: Like, the, yeah, you know what I mean, <laughs> Yes. It's the white boy challenge V2.
0: <laughs> but hey, if anyone's going to have that, I guess it would be Owen,
1: wouldn't
0: it? <laughs> that is all coming up on the next episode. Until then, I have been Sam. This has been Ryan and Dan, and you have been listening to the Sweet Tin Wag Podcast. We will see you, as always, in the next one. Bye, everybody. Bye